Welcome to Motivation Central Station. I'm Grandpa Jim. I want to talk about the Stephen Avery, Brendan Dassey case. I've been following this thing for a long time. It's been a sideline passion of mine. And so I guess I like to run to situations where justice, you know, seems to be like non-existent. Um, I live in Wisconsin. So to really understand this case, I think you have to live here and be here and understand the political environment of Wisconsin. Uh, Donald Trump won this state in 2016 when he uh, won by a smudge of a vote. He won by 20,000 votes or so. So Wisconsin is split right down the middle politically. It's a flip-flop state. So the southeastern part of the state where Milwaukee exists and surrounding suburbs is about 2 million people and that is very democratic, uh, very African-American, very diverse, very Hispanic. And then we have the western part of the state. So, like, you have these couple of blue areas uh, in the state. Madison, Wisconsin is blue. And then a little bit in the Green Bay area uh, will show some blue on the map as well. But if you look at all the other part of the state, it's red. So it's uh, very rural, very, a lot of farming, you know, country, a lot of vacationing areas and a lot of their, them, their pickup trucks. <laughs> and, uh, I drive a pickup truck. So, uh, but anyway, so, uh, so you have to kind of understand that. Um, the other thing about the Stephen Avery Brandon Dassey case is you have to go back in history when Stephen Avery was wrongfully convicted of raping a woman. Um, if you've seen the docu-series Making a Murderer, you're probably familiar with some of this, but... They seem to be, the local police seem to be gunning for him and uh, from way before this thing ever happened, even with this rape uh, that he did not commit. And uh, while he was locked up, there was some evidence that came in when he was locked up that there was another guy in our state called Gregory Allen that had raped several people and then they were holding him in the next county uh, in Calumet County where uh, just one over from where Stephen Avery was living. And they actually, while Avery was locked up for the crime, they actually called uh, Manitowoc County and said uh, where Stephen Avery's from that, hey, you have the wrong guy. So the guy that took that phone call um, took the phone call and then did nothing about it, except after uh, Stephen Avery was exonerated for the first crime. Then uh, he wrote a report. (laughs) He covered his ass all these years later, but prior to that, he didn't give two shits about 
uh, Stephen Avery or justice. He didn't care about justice, right? And and, and I suppose Avery too, you know. But uh, so uh, I I just want to give you an example. So Net, uh, Netflix does the documentary series, and you have to realize that when the allegations came, there was a local woman that worked for Auto Trader magazine. So she would drive around and take pictures and put them in this magazine where these car dealers and private party car owners that are selling, you know, list them. And so she had this job where she would drive around and she disappears. And um, by coincidence, um, and some people don't believe it's a coincidence, but she happens to stop at Avery's part, uh, property because him and his family have been in the auto salvage business for a long time. And uh, it was the family business. And he had a van that I believe his sister was selling. I don't even think it was his. And uh, so she ends up disappearing and they find out that he was one of the last people um, to see her. So uh, right away they, they zeroed in on him with very tunnel vision and then this news uh, story uh, eventually comes out on the air and this is what poisoned the pool and a lot of prosecutors uh, across the country it was so unethical what this uh, person did his uh, the prosecutor's name was Ken Kratz. And he comes on the evening news. Everybody's sitting down at the dinner table. And I remember seeing this uh, live when it was happening, you know. And so he says, well, you know, uh, this horrible murder took place in Stephen Avery's uh, trailer. And he got this confession uh, from the nephew that lived next door that he participated in this this brutal crime where they raped, murdered, and tortured this reporter. And uh, there isn't one stitch of evidence that that ever happened in that trailer at all. Just like not even a, a, a speck of blood, not a hair, not a fingerprint, nothing. And so um, these two gentlemen have been sitting in jail since 2005. And so um, I think they should have been pardoned a long time ago. But see, so many, I'll give you an example of what it's like. So my wife and I, we go to a pizza place with some friends of ours. And uh, matter of fact, if you ever get to the Milwaukee area, check it out. It's called Maria's Pizza. It got voted number one in the United States, uh, best pizza in America. And I, you know, it's mind blowing that they would find this place in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But anyway, uh, and you know, it's not like a fancy place or anything, but the pizza's off the chain. So anyways, we go there with some friends of ours and, uh, there's, uh, my wife and I, and, two other couples and just for conversation uh 
You know, and the way I was put onto this story was one of my sons called me and said, Dad, you got to watch this thing, you know. And, and the last time he called me with that kind of urgency was like, Dad, you got to get an iPhone, you know, like, like, and so I'm like, okay, I got to watch this because he's always got great recommendations. And just uh, so blown away by what I was seeing, like I had no clue that, you know, they were just dropping evidence all over to really slam dunk uh, this poor Stephen Avery guy. Like, if if he, you know, didn't commit this crime, it's absolutely horrendous. Uh, a thousand percent, I know his 16-year-old nephew that confessed did not do anything other than be pressured by the cops. Uh, so we're in this restaurant and I bring up this case and a couple across. Now they're, they're on the other side of the aisle of in this political deal, you know, we still can be, you still can believe, have your beliefs and we still can be friends. So he says, oh, that documentary is just a load of bullshit. Like, and I said, um, well, did you watch it? Well, no, I was listening to a radio guy. So all of a sudden at another table and the odds of somebody coming from Manitowoc, Wisconsin and being in this restaurant are slim to none. And uh, (laughs) all of a sudden they, they shout across the room, oh, he's guilty. He did it, you know. There's no doubt he did it. And I was like, well, did you watch the documentary? And they're like, no, I'm not going to watch it. He's guilty. There were a lot of people, there's a lot of people in the state that still never even watched it because they were so bent on this lying uh, from Ken Kratz, the prosecutor, um, you know. And so it's really this political hot potato. So the governor of our state was a guy named Scott Walker during this time period. And he should have released him, you know, when he was in office, but there was no way he was going to lose all those red votes. It's like Trump doesn't want to put the mask on because he wants his political base. You know, he, he knows they're all rebels and, you know, they, they definitely, uh, have a, uh, Entho, entho, entho. They want to believe, you know, the world is changing people. This world is going to, uh, the United States is going to be black, brown, you know, it's going to be a very big mix here in, in the next 20 to 30 years. And I vote for my grandkids now. Like, I want my grandkids to live in a very diverse Beautiful, Like, I never, when I started working in Chicago, Illinois, I thought, what a beautiful city. There were so many people from so many different cultures. I would run a class down there, and, you know, these people would come in and just, you know, beautiful stories, world travelers, you know, coming from foreign countries. And, you know, I learned a lot through that experience. I think there's a lot of fear and getting to know your neighbors nowadays and and really it's you know it's a blessing it's not a curse it's so wonderful so i encourage you to reach out but so uh there's no way he was going to pardon the only shot right now that uh 
you know, Brendan Dassey has. Avery might get a new trial because he's got a, I just did a podcast on uh, Representative John Lewis who passed away and what a bulldog he was. And uh, same with uh, the attorney that's on Stephen Avery's case. Uh, she's putting her money where her mouth is. She's got all kinds of evidence. If you didn't see Making a Murder, or you should watch that and then watch uh, The Making of a Murderer, the second one that came out after it, because she, she puts on all these experiments with her own dime, her own money, and to uh, dispel all these theories, this crazy theories of the state. And um, so... Uh, Brendan Dassey, though, the only way he's he's exhausted all his chances, the 16-year-old kid that told a fairy tale. I, myself, uh, when I was in the sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade, and a friend and I went to our little grade school, and they were having a science night, and we walked around, and we were looking at some stuff. Well, the next day... I got accused of stealing some key to some classroom and had never, ever, you know, seen this key or anything. And so all of a sudden I'm called out of class and I'm in front of these police officers. And then uh, I say, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. That you would have think they would have just left it alone. No, they come back to school the next day. And then they're still pounding on me over this key for this classroom. And um, I was about to break. I was about to just say, yeah, get out. You know, I'm going to tell you this to get out of my face. And they questioned Brendan Dassey for four days. You know, if you uh, get a chance to watch the interrogation of this poor young lad, um, if you go to YouTube, they'll have it broken down into just regular sections where you can see this interview and they would always lead him with the questions (laughs) and uh i'm gonna let you do your homework on that instead of getting into that but the way i see brendan dassey walking is his only hope is that our governor our new governor governor evers uh you know pardons him on his way out and just to give you an example how ruthless uh, the other party is in our state. Um, they changed as Scott Walker was walking out of office. They rewrote the law to take away many powers of the governor. And so our Senate, which is Republican, is in control of every decision made in the state. And so this poor governor with all these great ideas, good plans, he's just handicapped and can't get anything done because they literally rewrote the laws in our states. And, um, you know, part of Trump's playbook is from Scott Walker. In uh, the early 2000s when Walker came into power, uh, he was going to destroy all the unions in the state. And so some Democrats went out of state because if they were out of state, they they didn't have to vote. And so they were willing to live in our neighbor, Illinois, next door to Wisconsin. And they went down there. Well, they went and they, 
the Republicans voted on getting rid of the little man's only voice of power. They got rid of all the unions. And those unions saved my family's life when I was a kid. And I don't want to get into all that right now. But um, Walker did an illegal vote and then said, we'll do the illegal vote uh, to get rid of these unions and then we'll let it go into the courts. And then I don't know how the courts agreed with them or how that ever played out, but the damage was already done. And so, uh, you know, like when Trump first got into office, they just rubber stamped so much stuff. And uh, so anyways, Wisconsin, the reason why those two guys have been locked up, because even for Tony Evers, the man with wisdom, the man with respect, can't do anything politically now. And if he would bring, uh, they, you know, this hot potato, I guess you would call it, um, if he would bring this hot potato to the table, uh, you know, he definitely wouldn't get anything done. So the only way I see Brandon Dassey um, getting a pardon is when uh, Evers is walking out the door whenever his term is up. So I, uh, you know, I'm hoping that uh, Kathleen, Kathleen Zellner, like if uh, Stephen Avery did it, he should sit in prison. But there's so much evidence that says it wasn't even possible for this man to do this. And they just, he had a $36 million lawsuit against the state of Wisconsin. And uh, there were 36 million reasons. There were a lot of people in that area that just hated the Avery family, did not want to see them profit and get this money. And so, um, you know, so anyway, I just wanted to come on here today. Um, You know, I never talked about this case before, but, uh, you know, the tragedy is um, like Brendan Dassey, you have to understand, too. So he goes, Brendan Dassey's going to walk out of prison because a federal judge in uh, the 7th District Court, uh, our federal court here in Wisconsin, uh, a judge by the last name Duffy says, nope, it was unconstitutional the way they got this coerced confession out of this kid. Plus, it's a fairy tale confession. Never happened. Never existed. We gotta let this guy go. The state comes back and says, "Wait a second. Uh, we want to appeal this. It goes to the district court, which I think might be the seventh court district court in Chicago. It goes to Chicago, and uh, three judges look at it, and the three judges said this was coerced." It's a fairy tale. We got to let this kid go like right now. The state does something called an on-bank review with the court. They say, wait a second, we want an on-bank review. We want the whole court. We want all the judges to weigh in on this. And this is more difficult to happen than to get a uh, case in front of the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court sees about 8,000 cases a year. And then these on-bank reviews... Uh, with these uh, courts happens about a thousand times a year. So it's actually harder to get an on-bank review. So it goes to this panel and 
uh, somebody, one of the judges can't show up. So instead of having eight judges vote, and uh, it was almost a guarantee that the other person that would have been, um, you know, it would have been four against four, and uh, Dassey would have walked. The other thing you have to understand in this case is there was a uh, judge here in the state, her husband uh, is a big uh, Republican radio voice for the state. He was like the um, the dude that uh, Rush Limbaugh, you know, here in our state. And he was on the most powerful radio station in our state, and he would spew his Republican views. And his wife was a Republican judge who was uh, in the Wisconsin courts when Avery tried to get some appeals and stuff here. And now she uh, is friends and cahoots with all these uh, Scott Walker and all his cronies in Madison, Wisconsin. There was no way she was going to ever vote. She, she was one of them that gave uh, a dissenting opinion. And um, so... Uh, this poor kid really suffered for political reasons. It's so, so sad. And so um, you have to understand that environment here in our state and what a political hot potato it's been, um, you know, for or against somebody, you know. Um, and so I just wanted to come on today and kind of give you guys a little update on the Stephen Avery, Brendan Dassey cases and um, there's a lot of good um, uh, YouTube channel stuff on um, on the case. And I'd recommend you to check out some of these people that have done just incredible amounts of work. There's a woman that goes by Rubber Ducky and uh, her channel is the Rubber Ducky uh, uh, channel. And she does a phenomenal job on breaking the stuff down. And then there's another guy that uh, Eric Jose Jose uh, does some good stuff too. So uh, you might want to check them out as well. If you like these kind of talks, um, I do do a lot of stuff on empowerment and trying to get people to go to that next level in their lives. Um, and so we do a lot of goal setting and that sort of thing. So please hit subscribe if you like talks like this, if you could Please share it on different platforms. It would be greatly appreciated. Try to go help somebody else today for no reason at all. Just you know that neighbor that is uh, incapable of doing things. If you can reach out and, um, you know, if you don't think you have anything to give, you always have a smile to give. So have a wonderful and awesome day and uh, go take on America and uh you know, uh, love your grandkids, love them up and, uh, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you.